But it is so wonderful to be, it really is so, always so wonderful to be here together and to meet with Jesus together. And this morning we're going to be looking at Jesus' commission for your life, because we've already looked at that he's chosen and, and called you. But in each stage of our life, there be, could be a fresh commissioning where he gives you something to do, someone to speak to, or a group of people to reach. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you aware and are you focused, are you excited on what he's commissioned you to do in this season? So, in the early 1500s, the young man, the young sculptor, Michelangelo, was working away at, a, at his sculpture, which is he, what he loved doing. And then he got this urgent message from the Pope saying, Michelangelo, I'm commissioning you. And this is very urgent, I'm commissioning you to come to the Vatican, to the Sistine Chapel, and to completely scrub out, paint over all the artwork on the ceiling that was already there. And I want you to create a masterpiece. And Michelangelo was confused and probably terrified by it because he had never painted in that way in his whole life, apparently. He wasn't a painter, he was a sculptor. And he didn't want to do it. He felt totally inadequate. But in the end, they persuaded him to do it. And even though he managed to escape from the Vatican and run away... Um, They managed to drag him back. In the end, he got stuck into it, and it completely consumed the next five years of his life, painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And probably a load of us here have been to see it. I remember when I saw it, it was just captivating. You could stand there for hours just looking up. For five years, his life was completely focused on this commission, that he had, and yes, it was really hard. He wrote poems about how he grew goiters, whatever they are, because it was such hard work um, being up on this scaffolding for so many hours. But it consumed him, and it completely revolutionised the art world in a way. And it was a, became a cornerstone of the art world, and it's one of the most beautiful masterpieces ever created. And I think I'm convinced that one of the main Um, ingredients in this um, incredible success was his focus. At the start, he didn't want to do it. He had no heart to do it, but he became focused. It got into his heart, and even though it was costly and painful, he gave his life to this for five years. Then he moved on and did other things. And it's the same with us. God wants to speak a, a commission into your heart. Maybe he has already. And if he has, he wants to strengthen it. But if maybe there's a new commission this morning in this season, maybe he's speaking something new to you and he wants not just to breathe it into your head but breathe it into your heart. He doesn't just want to put the great commission in your head. He wants to make you excited and focused in your heart. And we're going to look a little bit for a few minutes at the story of Joshua. I just love this story so 40 years, for 40 years, Joshua had been with his best friend, his mentor, his leader, Moses. Moses had led him as a young guy out of Egypt through the sea. And now Moses had died. So Joshua, a bit like if you remember Ezekiel two weeks ago, Joshua was in a really low place. His best friend, probably. His, this, Moses was the best leader the world had ever seen. Moses was the perfect man to lead the people into the promised land. There was no one better than Moses on paper. And now, suddenly, God takes him away. 
And it must have been really, really terrifying. In fact, we know it was terrifying for Joshua because God said, don't be terrified. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. And the first thing, so here's just a few things. The first thing we see in this story is the commissioning of Joshua comes after a death, a really painful death in Joshua's life. And it would have been really hard and disappointing. And many of us, um, just like Moses dying, many of us have had things in our life, maybe, maybe not people so much, but situations, ministries, passions, hopes, dreams, expectations, and they've died. And they were really good things. And you know, sometimes actually God has to actually kill off good things in our lives. And I'm just wondering this morning, is there something good in your life that God, that Jesus is saying, I'd really like to kill that off? Because it says in the Bible that God actually kind of killed Moses off. (laughs) Moses was 100% fit and healthy. There was nothing wrong with his body or his mind. God took him up a mountain and said, Moses, I've got to take you home now. And God took him and buried his body somewhere. That's what it says. Maybe there's some fit and healthy things in your life that actually God wants to say, I'm going to bump it off, I'm going to bury it, because there's the best. The good is the enemy of the best, and there's something more for you. So the first thing, commissioning came after a death. Is there a death that needs to happen in in your life or in your personal ministry? Something that's distracting you, something that's taking up your time. The second thing, is the voice of God empowers and enables. Who is the first person to speak in the book of Joshua? It's God. Before God speaks, before the voice comes of God, nothing is happening, only only discouragement and darkness. Moses is dead. Then the voice of God. A bit like in Genesis, nothing's happening. It's dark, Um, just chaos and blackness. And then the voice of God comes and there's incredible, he says, let there be light. And do you remember when Gideon is hiding, this scared young man, he's hiding in the wine press from the enemy. He's terrified, actually being really cowardly in a way. And then God comes and speaks to him, you are a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty warrior. And when God speaks, his voice isn't just a saying stuff, it's creating stuff. His voice is creative. So when God says to Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor, it creates. When God says to Joshua, arise, take these two million people over the river, take them into battle, that voice is creative. And when God says to you, go and share Jesus with your neighbor, when he says, go in in your workplace, go and talk about Jesus, that voice is creative. God wants to speak over you today and create new faith, new strength, new passion in your heart. And Joshua really needed the voice of God to lead two, maybe up to two million people or more through a deep river into battle to tell them, pack up your tents in three days we're leaving. And it's always hard to pack up tents when you're camping. But imagine telling all these families, two million. It's it's an impossible task, especially when Moses was dead. But it was the voice of the Lord that created the ability to do it. 
And this is why, this is why reading this book is the most life-changing thing we could ever do in our lives. There's nothing more life-changing than prayerfully, with the Spirit, talking to God, saying, God, I want to read your word. I, this is the word of God. And when, when the Spirit breathes these words into us, it creates. It doesn't just fill our head with knowledge. It actually creates new faith, new energy, new motivation, new anointing, new ability. This is why, we, why God said to Joshua, cling to the word of God. Write it on, on you. Never stop meditating on the word. I want to just encourage you to just to get the voice of God in you every day. This is the voice of God. But also we have the word, Jesus, living in us. So all day long he wants to speak his word. I just encourage you, yes, to read this. But all day be aware. Jesus, Holy Spirit, are you speaking a new thing to me today? What are you commissioning me to do in my day today? In whatever you're doing, whether it's family, it's work, or neighbours or friends, he wants to commission you. And it's, you know, there's at least four of these commissions in the gospel. This is the great commission, Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. Make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is the voice of God coming to us. But he wants to speak it personally to you today. He wants to make it come alive to you today. So the third thing is, God describes the land that he's commissioning them to take. He says to them, it's from the desert to Lebanon, to the great river, and to the great sea. God wants them to be totally clear of what their land is. God wants you to be totally clear about what your land is. What is the land he's called you, he's commissioned you to take? And we know from this, it's not a physical land, it's not a geographical land, it is soul's. God has commissioned you to go after souls. And it is a personal commission. It's not just to the church. It will only work, yes, if it's to the church at large, but it will only work if it's individually to you. It is personal. It's the same as the Pope coming to you in person and saying, Eve, I'm commissioning you. It's personal to each one of us. And we ignore this at our massive disadvantage. This is a personal commission to us. And it's to live in our heart, sing in our heart. And Joshua and the Israelites knew exactly what their land was. They would have dreamt about it. They would have gone after it with passion and vigour. They wouldn't have been distracted. And you and I, we have the land of souls to capture, to win. And Jesus modelled that for us. He healed the sick. He comforted the grieving. He raised the dead. He helped the poor. All these things is part of the Great Commission. And you will do it in your own way. Jesus will commission you according to your own gifts. Because we're all different with different abilities and gifts. 
And the last thing I want to say, with such a big, huge commission, God commanded Joseph to be very bold and very courageous and to not be terrified. Because the thing is, our commission should be terrifying. If it's a God commission, it should have the potential to make us very scared. Otherwise, it's probably not from God. Because telling our friends and our neighbours or people at work about Jesus is really scary. And God says, look, I've, I've personally commissioned you. Would you go up against the fear? Would you go forward despite the fear? Would you be bold and ruffle some feathers? I was, um, last Saturday, a few of us went out, and I was just reminded of this. Me and, um, we, a few of us went out on the high street to tell people about Jesus. And my tactic is I'm always just really kind and really nice to everyone. I, I'm not very good at ruffling feathers and disagreeing with people, but Karen came out with me for the first time. And we went into the newsagent by the traffic lights, and there's the two Hindu brothers in there. They're lovely, the old boys in there. They're lovely. And I, week after week, I'm just loving, kind, and I say, can I pray for you? And they love that. But then they said something. They said, oh, it's great for us to all have our own faith. You know, all faiths are the same. It doesn't matter, does it? And I was like, yeah, it's all lovely, isn't it? And then Karen said, no. Well, actually, no. She said no to them. <laughs> and you could see they were, started listening and looked a bit uncomfortable. And she started just unravelling how actually Jesus is the way. He's the only way to God. You can go no other way. And that is uncomfortable and it takes real courage. And that's how we need to be. We need to be bold and courageous. Why? And why can we afford to do this? Well, Because God promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Even to the very ends of the age. And this is partly why we know the Great Commission is personal to you and me. Because God says it. It's not just for the disciples or the apostles. It's to, to every believer until the very end of the age. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And as he said to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. God also says to us, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So it's okay. People won't like us at times. That's fine. They will be frustrated with us, offended by us. That's okay, because nothing can separate us. No one can stand against us. There's no condemnation ever for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just finish with two more little stories. Of, so there's a lady in my connect group called Julie Robinson, who's quite new to the church. Um, t- about a week ago, she texted our group saying, my next-door neighbour has suddenly developed cancer on his, on his kidneys, apparently both kidneys, and he didn't realise he was ill, but now he's looking terrible. And so we were all praying and then at Connect Group, she reported back that she went round to his house and she just felt that she had to tell him about Jesus. So she said, look, I just... And he's not a Christian, he's got no faith. She said, look, I just... just I've just... No, she said, it is, it is so important that you invite Jesus into your heart, into your life. Have you invited Jesus? And he just completely fobbed it off, said, oh, yeah, it's lovely that you've got your faith, isn't it? And she said, no... 
She said, no, it's really important that you have Jesus in your heart. And she wouldn't let it go until, and she said until, she at, he was at a point where he was willing to pray a prayer to invite Jesus into his heart. Now, she said she didn't know if it was totally genuine or not. But I said, well, I don't think it matters. You were doing your job. You were telling him the message. You were, this is your personal commission from Jesus to tell your neighbor who's sick that you need Jesus. You cannot die without having Jesus in your life. And so she told him, and then she prayed with him to receive Jesus. And then a few days later, she went after his wife and, and, tried, and tried to do the same. And the wife wasn't so open, but she told the wife, you need Jesus. And she prayed with the wife. And I just was really encouraged by that. And last, another little story is last Sunday, we baptised Soraya. Soraya is a, an Iranian lady who's been in this country for 45 years. She's a hairdresser. And one of her clients was Mali, who got baptised a year ago or so, a couple of years ago. And Mali would just, Mali felt that her personal commission from Jesus was just to be friendly to Soraya. Whenever she went to have her hair cut, she would just pray in her mind and would tell her about Jesus. And now, um, so what happened was Soraya one week said, oh, my back's really hurting while she was cutting hair. Mali said, I can pray for you. And they prayed and Soraya's back got a lot better. And then Mali helped her to receive Jesus. And Mali hasn't been a Christian for long. And now Soraya is, honestly, we heard last week she'd read the, four t- the, New-, the New Testament four times. <laughs> she's only been a Christian six months. She is in love with Jesus. Why? Because Mali took her commission seriously. And Jesus this morning either wants to strengthen a commission that you've already got to work in your school or with your neighbours or whatever it is, or he wants to speak a new commission right now. And I would love us to pray right now because Jesus has a fresh commission for you. So maybe if we close our eyes as we finish. And let's just thank Jesus. Maybe just say thank you to him. Thank you that you've commissioned me. And I feel Jesus wants you to know as well that your life is like the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Just in your mind, just picture that beautiful ceiling with all those panels. The amazing thing that Michelangelo never saw the finished piece until the day it was unveiled to the public. Because of the scaffolding that filled the room, he couldn't actually see his own artwork. It's the same with you and me. It won't be till we get to heaven that we think, oh, wow, 20 years ago I helped that lady. I gave her a place to stay. And I forgot about her. I never saw her since. 10 years ago I discipled that young guy. Then we, we weren't in touch anymore. But wow, look at that. 30 years ago I told that person about Jesus and I said I would pray for him. These are all beautiful parts of your mosaic, of your masterpiece that Jesus is excited about. And Lord, I pray for everyone here. I pray that you would commission and commission and commission. Open doors for us for the gospel. Set us on fire for the gospel. Help us not forget our great commission. And come and speak to us, voice of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
ね。